3: 6:30, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on 6:30, Chad. He
1: blitzes right past Marshawn to the net, dishes. What timer score? Leon Dreisaitl. What a play by McDavid
3: snap. He looks to the right side. He's throwing to the end zone. There it is. Touchdown Eskimos. Duke Williams. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos.
1: 630 Chad. Game night for the Edmonton Oilers. They will be taking on the San Jose Sharks at 830. We'll have it for you right here on 630 Chad as the Oilers close out their four-game road trip. They're two and one on the journey so far NHL action this evening after the first period Boston up 3 nothing on Minnesota, Jake DeBrusque is 14th of the season. In the second period, the Devils lead the Sabres 1-0. Hurricanes up 2-1 on the Islanders. Penguins with a 3-0 lead on the Panthers. In the first period, 1-1 between Philadelphia and Washington. No score, Montreal in Detroit. And the Lightning have a 1-0 edge on the Blue Jackets. Games later, stars at the Blues. Winnipeg hosts Colorado and the Rangers visit Vegas. NBA tonight. Could be, could be Vince Carter's last game ever in Toronto, the former Raptors great, and now NBA well, I was going to say veteran. NBA Graybeard, I guess is what you would call him. In his 21st season in the league. It is uh, the Raptors with a 23-22 edge late in the first quarter. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, going to have some fun here over the next hour. Chuba Hubbard, Sherwood Park native, had an outstanding season as a running back with the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Put up some big numbers in the Liberty Bowl over the holiday season. He is going to be in studio, so it'll be great to uh, bring him to you. But our weekly guest, first former NHL goaltender, now with the NHL on Rogers, it is the one and only Kelly
3: Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, man? Oh boy, Reed, I am doing tremendously well today. I just visited with my uh, daughter, her uh, husband, and my terrific little, cutest little grandson on the planet Maverick for a lot of the afternoon now. We've all made our way to a pizza joint. We're going to get together with uh, our other kids and their partners and stuff and have a nice pizza night and get caught up. So, excellent. Uh,
1: I knew when I heard the enthusiasm in your voice that food had to be involved somewhere. (laughs) I was surprised you didn't lead with it. But I guess Maverick, that's how much Maverick means to you. He's pushed food down the priority list.
3: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I like it, you know. He's going to be 11 months old tomorrow, and he's just the cutest little guy. He's got a hearty little appetite himself, so he and I see things uh, pretty much uh, identically now.
1: Good stuff. Great to have you on the show again, and uh, what a weekend for the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, a, wow. a mind-bogglingly apathetic performance against the Los Angeles Kings, losing 4 nothing. And then uh, they go into Anaheim. I didn't think they, they started the game well, but, but Talbot made the stops and then they finished their chances and, and they win 4 nothing. So uh, the common question that uh, listeners and friends and co-workers have been asking me over the last couple of days have, has been which Oilers team are we going to get tonight against San Jose? We'll find out, Kelly, but uh, you know, watching those two games over the weekend, i wonder if you were as, as miffed as everybody else.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, I was on record uh, Saturday night after the first uh, period um, in the intermission. I said that uh, this is painful to watch or something like that. And uh, and it was. I mean, it was a team that uh, uh, they weren't ready to play, didn't express a lot of interest in the game, uh, became outrageously fragile really quickly once LA went up 1 or 2 nothing. And the other thing is, Reid, what made it maybe even more troublesome uh is that so they win in arizona you're trying to look to find a way to build off that win and and so you go to la and they're not a very good team and in fact la didn't even play very well in the first period but somehow they have a three nothing lead because edmonton is just terrible so you know and then the coach gets mad at him after the game and then they respond positively sunday so you know you have big questions about that team then when only after the coach gets mad at them do they really respond and like you said it wasn't the greatest start but Talbot was really strong but they found their their game after that so I am really curious to see what kind of uh, effort performance they put in in San Jose tonight because that's a big big game you know you can go three and one on the road trip or you can go two and two and just keep muddling along you know where they are this is Everybody said this trip is huge, and uh, I still think this is a important part of their schedule to see if they are, in fact, going to make any kind of run for a, a playoff spot.
1: Okay. Well, I, I want to follow up with you uh, on about the, the the schedule comment you just made, but I just I just want to circle back to Saturday's game. Um, you know, every team has a as a stinker. I, I don't think that the the depth the Oilers sunk to on Saturday is excusable. That's beyond just a stinker, and that's what Rob and I talked about. And we got a lot of calls after the game. Okay, so you get blasted in the first period, and then you you don't do anything in the second and third. And that's what Rob always says. You know, impact the game. Okay, scoring's hard. Fair enough. Maybe you're not going to score. Yep. Block a yep. shot hit somebody, um, slash slash Dowdy on the wrist after you see him. You know what I mean? Like that That was – and I'm sure you went through games like that. I know maybe as a goaltender it was a, a, a little different, but find yeah. a way to make an impact even if you're not going to score.
3: Yeah, you know, that is – I totally agree with what you and Rob were saying. But this this looked different. This looked like they had given up all hope. And so – and you are correct. As a goaltender, I can't go out there. I can't have an energy shift. I can't slash somebody. I can't run into somebody. You know, you're limited in what you can do, but you can still try and find a way to show your teammates that you're playing with emotion, and that's important. But that's what was so troubling about Saturday's game for me is that um, they weren't. Uh, they 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 kind of even looked scared to play, which is a really sad thing to say when you're when you're so down on yourself you're so fragile you're so scared that you can't even muster up the energy or in the enthusiasm and go run somebody and so uh... that's where i'm really out with the team now, going forward uh... so great you had a good game versus uh... anaheim now you know what you have to find a way to generate that enthusiasm yourself you can't expect the coaching staff to do it all the time and these guys know it there's a lot of veterans on that team. They know what they have to do, and they've just got to drag it out of themselves and quit looking behind and feeling sorry for themselves.
1: Well, and, and Hitch said it too. I, I mean, y- you can't only play well when you're desperate or you feel yeah. boxed in or it's like, oh, we've lost seven of eight. Maybe it's time to turn it up. I mean, that that's so I think that's part. And they were like that last year too, and you wonder if they – Get to believe their own hype, or or relax if they have a good game. And tonight's opponent is in a totally different class than the last three. You, you mentioned, yeah. you know, staying in it, and I think January is really important because they're unlikely to have Clef bomb for this month. They did get Russell back, and you know, look, they, you're not as good without Clef bomb I'm not saying that's why they've lost every game, but clearly there's that's an that's an impact. Uh, so they got San Jose tonight, then six of seven. At home, um, you know, some teams that like the Oilers aren't aren't doing great. So that's why when I look at this chunk of January, if they can come out of this, you know, right around a playoff spot, even with a, in a couple wins, then I think that that sets the tone. So hopefully, you know, they they take that that seriously because I think these next couple of weeks is really going to set them up or not set them up to make a charge at a playoff spot.
3: Yeah, I agree, and especially when you look forward to. Uh, the games uh, after January because, uh, you know, there's no secret here. Historically, January, I think, for a lot of players, can be a difficult month to get the best out of yourself. You've just come off the holidays. You're kind of looking forward to another break at around the All-Star uh, time. And and I always found there's, there's – listen, it's an 82-game schedule. There are times, there are stretches where – emotionally trying to get ready for the game it just doesn't come as easy as you'd hope and you're not quite as excited for some games and I always found once you get through the month of January then it comes pretty naturally again then you're really jacked about uh, February because it's a playoff run uh, you have all these different scenarios that you know you have to be playing well you're watching other teams you're watching how they're doing if they're making a run or if they're falling out of the race and then March of course it's a sprint until uh, playoffs. So that's really easy to get uh, excited for games. So right now you're exactly right, Reed, uh we will find out in the next uh, 2 weeks or so if this is a team that's going to be in that situation to make a longer run and and stay in it or if they're going to take themselves right out of it here in January.
1: All right, Kelly Rudy, joining us on Inside Sports tonight, Oilers and Sharks. It's an eight thirty faceoff. Faceoff shows at seven, and don't forget we have Oklahoma State running back Chuba Hubbard in studio at six thirty. You know, Kelly, I-, I think the consensus in the hockey world, whether you're an Oilers fan or not, is that Lindholm should have got a two minute penalty for the play on McDavid against Sunday. So I don't, I don't know if we necessarily need to no. to debate Agreed. that. Okay, the, yeah. the 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 ref missed a call. Um, You know, where do you come down on sort of how... I don't know if I want to necessarily ask you about how the the game is officiated, but players' responses to, you know, whether it's a star player or not. I don't think you want anybody going into the boards like that. Is it possible for the Oilers to do more to protect McDavid, discourage shots on him like the one Dowdy took, like Lindholm thinking maybe he can get away with that shove? How do you look at that in this day and age?
3: Absolutely. Although it's it's a it's a changed game. There's no question. It's it's not as prevalent as it was a number of years ago. It, it looks a lot different. But when you have a player as dynamic and as unique as McDavid, um, then uh, you have to find a way to protect him better. And I don't know exactly how that looks, but I do know that uh, there are a number of guys. I look at that Oilers roster, and there are a number of guys that have to do things that that uh, make the other team feel very uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, not only do you have to address the player that uh, has hit McDavid, but you have to go out of your own way to make it really uncomfortable for the players on the other team to send the message that, hey, if you want to do that, okay, well, this is what we're going to do also. And it's going to be a really unpleasant night for you guys. And so it, that sort of attitude... It's not prevalent in the game, but I think there should be more of it just because you've got such a great player in McDavid. And like you said, nobody should get cross-checked into the boards from that distance, but you've got to be more of a team.
1: Well, and that's... Well, and and to get into... If you go back to the L.A. game, I mean, that's where, you know, Lucic was getting drilled by a lot of critics after that weekend, right? Because it's like... That's why you're here, man. Like, you're not scoring but yeah. go out there and scare somebody or at least act like you're trying to scare yeah. somebody. But ho- hopefully yeah. that's just an ugly one-off that we're not going to talk about again. But but I hear you You start to worry when you see it like that at this time of the year. Hey, Kelly, just to shift gears slightly, still still hockey-related, but it's a, it's a life issue as well. You've been very open uh, about how uh, mental health issues have affected your family, and, and you've tried to help other people when you can. And you have a buddy, uh, Bob Wilkie, who did play in the NHL and was a survivor of the swift current tragedy, the bus crash, in, in the 1980s. He's on tour. He's actually in Edmonton a week from today. It is called the I Got Mind Tour. Tell us a little bit about, about Bob and this tour, Kelly.
3: Okay, so I first met Bob uh, a number of years ago, and then I really started to get to know Bob uh, shortly after he wrote his book talking about the bus crash. Uh, The book is called Sudden Death, and he talks a lot about uh, the crash, about having uh, Graham James as a coach. Um, Bob, uh, when we go out on tour, and we'll be in Edmonton next uh, Tuesday, I believe. In fact, I I apologize. I take that back. Bob and Sean and uh, some other people, guest speakers, will be in Edmonton. I think I'm going to be doing mine via a video conference, because I simply can't make it. I just have too much going on right now. But... I will be there in some sort of uh, way. But anyways, he talks about the mind. And there's a lot of great athletes out there. But at some point, some people go through something, uh, whether it's traumatic. And Bob talks about uh, a number of uh, uh, trauma issues that he's had to overcome. uh, And so it's a really fascinating way to look at athletics. I think it's going to be transformative. I really do. I think that he's on is something that nobody's ever thought of before because we always talk about high performance we do skilled uh... sessions we do all these things with the the body and that's great and uh, but we also neglect until there's a problem what's going on with your mind and what you're thinking and and how you can get out of something if you're very very open so when i first heard about his i got mind. Uh, initiative a number of years ago I followed him around I went to some of his camps where he has uh, he goes in sessions with uh, hockey teams and you really dig down deep and you learn a lot about yourself you learn a lot about your teammates you show uh, compassion you're caring about uh, your teammates it's not just about showing up and having a game and then going and and having no uh, no sort of impact beyond that and so it's like I said I'm just the biggest fan of what he's trying to do it's really really emotional and uh, I think that uh, for young athletes out in Edmonton it'd be a great thing to see you uh, next Tuesday and and it's it's really involves the family and teammates and everything it's an, an exceptional idea.
1: Well, that sounds cool. It's uh, Bob Wilkie. I Got Mind is the name of the tour, uh, and we'll try to get we'll try to get Bob on this show before the end of the week. I think that'd be yeah. Interesting he'd like to... that. I
3: just talked to him and he said he'd be thrilled to join
1: you. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'd love to delve into into what he's doing here. That's that's awesome stuff. Kelly, thanks for checking in tonight. Of course, enjoy the family time and enjoy the pizza. We'll do this again next week, man. Thanks.
3: Okay, see you, Reed that
1: is Kelly Rudy on Inside Sports, former NHL goaltender now with the NHL on Rogers. Always good to have him on the show. It is 6:21. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family, your 24/7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 780-4 Family or check them out online at furnacefamily.com. Quick timeout.
0: This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.
1: All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is uh, 625. Uh, This texter says, first of all, before we protect Connor McDavid, he needs to stop all that embellishment. The reason why the ref didn't call a penalty is because he always tries to draw a penalty and uh, fires himself into the board to get calls. He needs to play the game a little more honest, and he will get respect just like all the other superstars. Did you ever see Ovechkin uh, embellish a hit or holding? Okay. Well, how many uh, how many embellishment calls does Connor McDavid had in his career? One that I can remember. He got one earlier this year when he got uh, tied up with James Neal of the Calgary Flames. I don't know if that's a serious text or not, but I read it. Somebody took the time to write it, so I read it. Uh, All right, you can always text 63630. Mike says, when is uh, Andre Sekra back? Well, we don't know. It keeps dragging out. Uh, I I know Bob's mentioned this when we talk sometimes, and uh, I'm starting to think this myself. Are we going to see him this year? I mean, it's kind of dragging on and on, and if we do see him... Is he going to be effective enough where you think, okay, we want him in the lineup every day? It's it's been really tough for Andre Secker, for sure. All right, we got a special guest in studio for after the 6.30 news. We have had him on the show before on the phone. He is here in person tonight. He just finished an outstanding season as a running back for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Put up some big numbers in the Liberty Bowl. Chuba Hubbard will tell us about Listen to the deal on Spotify. State and what's up next? He's a busy young man. Let's straight ahead. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports
3: with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet.
1: All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, I uh, read a uh, text uh, from someone who believes that uh, Conor McDavid embellishes too much and uh, throws himself into the boards to try to get calls. Uh, Several people reacting to that. One person says, that guy is out to lunch. Another texter says, please do not ever read another text like that about McDavid. And uh, Bam says, is that last texture on glue? Well, there's no way I can possibly know that. But thank you for your feedback. All right, NHL tonight. Bruins up 4-0 on the Wild in the second period. Also in the second, Sabres lead the Devils 3-1. Hurricanes lead the Islanders 2-1. Penguins up 4-0 on the Panthers. It's 1-1 between the Flyers and Capitals. No score, Canadians and Red Wings. Lightning lead the Blue Jackets and in the first period, the Jets up 2-0 on the Avs. Perot and Connor have the goals, and it is the Stars up 1-0 on the Blues. 8 o'clock start, Vegas home to the Rangers, and then 8.30 right here on 6.30, Ched. The Oilers take on the Sharks. We will transition into the face-off show at 7 o'clock. We'll have uh, Bob Stauffer, Ron Brown. You'll hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who plays career game number 500 tonight my name is reed wilkins thanks for tuning in very special guest in studio running back for the oklahoma state cowboys chuba hubbard
0: chuba great to see you how's it going it's good thanks Uh, thanks for having me on the show
1: thanks for coming in you're decked out in your uh, osu liberty bowl hoodie
0: yes sir (laughs) a lot of gear we
1: got pretty good game for you guys and and uh you we had 145 yards rushing and a touchdown Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it was a good game a great experience uh yeah, I can't say I did as well as I wanted to, but I'm glad we got the win. That's all really that matters in the end.
1: Right, and were you guys in that situation when the year ended? Did you have to wait a little bit to find out what bowl game you would be in, or how did that work?
0: Yeah, after our last game, it took, I think, a week or two uh, before we knew who we were going to play. And you know, Once we found out it was going to be Mizzou, uh, we were excited. Okay. How come? Uh, just because their SEC team, you know, everyone talks high about SEC teams and know how that's the best conference So yeah, we're glad that we got to play them and you know show them what the big 12 is about
1: right on all right but Before we talk about your season we should talk about the game last night Did you watch the the national title game between Clemson and Alabama?
0: Yeah, I did uh, I was blown away I was rooting for Alabama and uh, Clemson just blew them out the water so I was just surprised.
1: So what did you think Clemson was able to do in that game that allowed them to
0: just take control and pull away? Uh, I think it was just game plan and execution. Um, they just outworked them. They all, over, all around the board, they were just all over those guys, and every time Alabama wanted to come back, they just got shut down.
1: And Alabama, well, th- actually these two teams, the last four or five years, they've been the dominant programs.
0: Yeah, they have. Uh, I think they each have Two titles in like the last four years. and They which played in
1: three of the last four finals. Yeah,
0: so that's that's crazy.
1: All right, uh, Chuba Hubbard joining us from uh, Oklahoma State, and of course before that from uh, Bev Facey, and we'll even get into. Oh, we do we have a special guest? Want to talk to Chuba? We got to throw Ooh. some headphones on you here. Hang on before okay. we bring him in. Bob, are you there? I am here. Reed, how are you okay, doing? Okay,
2: we got to get Chuba some headphones. All right. Well, let's so he took so I, I I I'm glad you want to jump in on this. Well, I want to jump in on this because I was at the game. So I was at the national championship game. And, of course, uh, Alabama jumped up early on Oklahoma as well. And Kyler Murray kept Oklahoma in it. And uh, I don't know if she was uh, listening yet. But, uh, Chiu, I sat there and watched your game between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And you guys almost knocked those guys off. I mean, that was – about as well, Mike Gundy, your head coach, who's got quite the uh, the hairstyle going right now, uh, lots of energy. But uh, I think just want to speak to you first of all about what Kyler Murray was able to do against that Alabama defense, because Alabama almost knocked out the uh, delivered the knockout punch in the first seven minutes of their game against Oklahoma. How pr- I mean, I know they're your rival, but for the Big 12, that was an important pushback from uh, Oklahoma, wasn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, it definitely was, and they got off to a really slow start, obviously, but. I think everyone felt that if they got off to a better start, it definitely would have been a different game. And yeah, they definitely came back in the end, and you know had Alabama, you know, uh, a little bit scared. But yeah, Kyler Murray's a special guy, and you know, huge talent. But yeah, uh, Alabama <laughs> is is a, a great program, so it's hard to beat them.
2: Yeah, 55 and four. By the way, guys, are the records for both Alabama and Clemson over the last four years? And Chuba, for you, the question I have, I, and I know you were talking about it with Reed just watching the game, and the thing that shocked me, and hey, I'm, I, I thought Alabama was going to win. I thought Clemson could win. I certainly didn't think Clemson could win by four touchdowns. But I thought the only the only Alabama losses over the last uh, four seasons have been against quarterbacks that can basically run a spread option offense, or you know, or RPO quarterbacks. They got to be able to move. And Trevor Lawrence is not a quarterback that is known for his running ability. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what surprised me the most watching the game was, you know, Clemson had 45 yards rushing through the first three. Think about that for a second. I mean, Mm -hmm. for you guys, the recipe is probably, you know, 175 yards rushing and 275 yards passing. And Mm -hmm. you're in games down there. We were surprised about the fact that they weren't able to run the football, but the way they lit Bama up vertically with uh, stretching the field.
0: Yeah, definitely. I knew that they wouldn't uh wouldn't be able to rush the ball that much cuz Bama's defense, but the way they made their secondary look it was it was crazy. Um they're just lighting them up. Uh they they have a bunch of freshman uh wide receivers and they were just <laughs> unstoppable. Like I really don't know how they did it. it. It just game uh good coaching and good game plan. Yeah, they're they're awesome.
2: Reed, I've interrupted your conversation. No, this is great. I'm, I'm gl- I I'm glad I'm glad you jumped in. I just want to say, being in that uh, stadium last night, uh, Jack and myself were there. Watching the Alabama fans depart in the final 10 minutes because, of course, as you guys know, Clemson ran the football. They they ran the clock on the final nine minutes of the game. Just the the defeated, like they were defeated. They were crushed. Their souls were, uh, and they were in shock because that's the worst loss Nick Saban's ever had as a head coach of uh, Alabama. It shows you anything can happen, and you know what? An illustration of that is a kid from Sherwood Park being on the uh, the top of a two uh, a two deep roster, starting a tailback at a Big Twelve school—it's an awesome accomplishment. You should be really proud of yourself. Your family should be proud of you. And hey, keep it going. We'll be watching you next year. Okay?
0: Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: All right, that's a cameo from
2: uh, Bob, who's obviously in uh, in San Jose, getting ready
1: for the Oilers and the Sharks, and he's going to rejoin me uh, at at seven. Well, okay, well, a lot I want to hit on. Uh, let, let's let's go back with you first of all, um, and we and we want to talk about your your track success as well, but starting playing football. Mm-hmm. So what what got you into that and and got you on this great path that you've been on?
0: Um, it really started with a uh, family. Uh the Bensons, they coached for um, uh, Sabercats in Sherwood Park and it was Nolan Benson and Braden Benson uh, two kids I met and you know, I ended up being my like really good friends and they were just like, come play football Like my dad coached football, come play football and I was just like, oh yeah I'll come on, my mom didn't want me at first but after like a few years she finally let me and after that I, you know I did a pretty good job and you know I enjoyed it, it was really fun and I made a lot of friends out of it, and from there I went to the Sherrod Park Rams, and they're a great program also, and then from there uh, to Beth Facey.
1: And so you were what, eight or nine when you first started? Yeah. Were you a running back, or did you have to play every position when uh, you were that
0: little? I started out as running back, uh, I started out as receiver, but I really didn't catch the ball much, I just kind of did jet sweeps, and I also did like wildcat under the center. <laughs> right and just ran the ball. (laughs) Yeah, that was about it. That was the only two plays I really went in for.
1: (laughs) Have you always been fast? I mean, even from a little guy, were you able to run?
0: Uh, Yeah, I was always decently quick, yeah. And then uh, I guess, you know, just track training and stuff, it just kind of took me to a different level.
1: Okay. So is there, do
0: you prefer one or the other? I almost hate to ask you that because you're excellent at both, but yeah i get i get asked that all the time and to be honest i really couldn't pick i love both them Uh, you know they both obviously helped me get to where i am today so it's it's really like having two perfect you know like a wife and another wife and (laughs) can't decide don't ever say that if you do ever get married yeah no (laughs) never but it's like having two perfect people and you never uh, know how to or who to pick so yeah it's awesome
1: when did when did you start getting recruited by ncaa schools when were they kind of allowed to reach out to you and did you start to think like oh okay this could happen
0: uh it started in grade 11 um i remember i got something in the mail from colorado and i was kind of just like oh what's this like it's just a picture and i was like it's supposed to be some secret code in here or something and then one day i was in physics class and i got a call and it was like uh, this is the head coach from Colorado State and uh, looking to give you an offer a scholarship offer and I was like To my physics teacher hold on uh, <laughs> Leave class for a sec, please and yeah, that was awesome
1: So just all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're coming Right, like we were, were you even aware that they were watching you or requesting game film or anything like that
0: uh, No, I didn't I didn't know anyone was watching me or anything I was just kind of doing my thing and you know hoping that somehow I'd get uh uh, seen by someone down south, so why was Oklahoma State your ultimate choice? um There's a bunch of factors uh I just kind of felt like that was home it was it wasn't just about football, you know it was about family school and uh I just liked the atmosphere there.
1: Tell me a little bit about life in in stillwater we were talking before we came on air the city itself is only about forty thousand people Mm -hmm. but the school is over twice that size Mm -hmm. when it comes to students and and i imagine the the football program is i mean it must have could you relate it to how the weathers are followed here or how
0: would you put it uh yeah i know hockey's big here but there it's crazy it's like football's a religion um people love it you know we'll have yeah homecoming or like rivalry games you'll have to get the tickets a year in advance so like every game's always packed it's crazy i've never seen anything like it do people know you when you're out in public uh yeah usually stillwater everyone knows everyone and everyone loves the football team really all the sports teams so yeah it's cool
1: but you probably also got to you're always representing the school and the team
0: yeah you always have to be smart uh i mean you're representing the school and the team and but i also you know representing my country and my city and stuff so you always have to you know make sure you're uh, doing the right thing
1: did you get family and friends down to see you playing personal all this year
0: yeah actually my parents came down twice i i had a couple friends come down a coach so Yeah, it was awesome.
1: Chuba Hubbard is joining us in studio. Just had a great season as a running back for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. He was telling you about his...
3: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Progression through uh, Sherwood Park minor football and playing for uh, Bev Facey. Uh, you got a question for Chuba, you can text 63630. We're back with more after this break. <laughs>
0: This is JC Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, and don't forget
1: some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down south comfort food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classics spun with a modern twist. Check them out, northchickenyeg.com, or visit them in person, 10704 124th Street. My name is Reed Wilkins. Chuba Hubbard is in the studio, just finished, uh, so you're redshirted your first year so your freshman season basically at uh, oklahoma state university 740 rushing yards 229 receiving yards for you so you put up some nice numbers
0: mm-hmm. did, did yeah. you think
1: you were going to be featured as much as you got to be at the start of the year
0: um to be honest i didn't know what happened wh- uh, what was going to happen but you know i just tried to do my best no matter if i was getting you know uh one uh one carry two carries or three uh just uh, to do my part to help the team win.
1: How and the internal competition on the roster much because I was looking through your stats and there were a couple games where all of a sudden you didn't have as many carries and then you had mm-hmm. some where you had 15, 18 touches.
0: Yeah, uh, that's like just what I was saying. You you know you never know when you're going to get the ball 20 times or two times. Just as long as you, you know you prepare for that week and you know uh, you're going to be able to do your job when you're called and that's it, what I try to do.
1: Uh, Curbelo texting in, saying, Chuba, are you keeping up with your Spanish?
0: See, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is yeah. that an old Spanish teacher or something?
0: Yeah, that's my, uh, <laughs> my Spanish teacher from FACI. Well, there you go. Yeah, nice to see you, Curbelo. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: You guys had an incredible game. Well, you, I mean, you had a few wild games throughout this season, and you guys could score a lot of points. You, you played Oklahoma, one of the best teams in the nation. You lost by a point, mm-hmm. uh, 48-47 in their building, and you were just saying in the commercial, if you beat them, you probably knock them out of the running to be in the playoff, right? And that's your big rival. Uh, You guys went for two and the win at the end instead of the the tie to get overtime. What Mm -hmm. did you you think of that?
0: Um, I thought it was the right call. You know, you always have to trust your coaches. You know, they know what's best for you. So, you know, we had momentum. It was a shootout. You know, you're going up against a Heisman Trophy winner and um, you know, obviously you can put points up on the board. So we're just, you know, trying to finish the game. Uh, it's a fifty-point game and try to shut it out. But you know, obviously we didn't capitalize. But you know, it was, it was a great effort by our team.
1: And in the underdog in that, I mean, you were the underdog in that game. Mm-hmm. So why not just
0: go for the lead? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, we just took a shot and obviously it didn't follow through. But you know, next year it'll be a fun game.
1: What's been the biggest thing for you to get to get used to? moving from Sherwood park to Stillwater, is it a life adjustment has it been a football adjustment what would it be
0: uh yeah i mean living on your living on my own uh you know kind of you know getting groceries for myself you know doing all that stuff by myself uh, that was kind of probably one of the biggest adjustments but uh football had its adjustments you know just learning more about the game and you know getting a climate uh <laughs> My bad. Uh, acclimatized to the weather and stuff. It's like uh, 40 degrees there. It's hot. I'm in Walmart just walking around sweating. So, yeah, that was obviously rough. But other than that, it was really nothing.
1: Did, did the game change a lot for you with the size of the field, 11 men versus 12 men, or did it not affect you that much?
0: Uh. That in that sense not really. It was really just uh learning the defenses, uh blitzes and stuff like that and the playbook. Other than that, it wasn't too bad.
1: All right. Uh this texter says, uh, Jameson and Moose Jaw, if you could take uh one thing from football that you would say is a life lesson, what would that be?
0: Um, probably that mm, not everything's about you and that um you can learn a lot from wins, but you can learn more from losses uh, and you can, and that's within life on and off the field.
1: Well said, okay. This texter says, so well, they got a series of questions. Now, what is your ultimate goal? NFL, Olympics? We haven't even talked a lot about your track yet, but... Yeah. Uh,
0: honestly, both. Uh, those have been dreams of mine since I was young and, you know, I'm still trying to go for that. And hopefully uh, one day I can say I made it to both.
1: Yeah. So NFL football wise would be your ultimate goal, mm-hmm. and if if you get drafted in the CFL, mm-hmm. you'll be thumbs up to that too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wherever uh, I'm blessed to be in this position I'm in, so yeah. Wherever I go for me.
1: Uh, what do you? And this texter also says, what are you studying to fall back on if uh, sports doesn't work out? Oh, well, you get, you want to study stuff even if sports does work
0: out. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, either way. Um, well, I'm taking business in uh, school right now. I'm not quite set on marketing or management or maybe even something else. But yeah, one day hopefully I can own my own business and uh, do something that way. Uh, I kind of want to be my own boss. So yeah.
1: What do you specialize in in track?
0: Uh, sprints. Uh, used to do the one and the two. Now I'm more specifically just the one.
1: No, did you also have the red shirt last year? when it came to the track side of it?
0: Uh, no. I could have raced last year. It was just kind of hard juggling football and track, so um, I was also trying to get a lot bigger, so I was sore most of the time, so uh, I didn't really have time to race, but this year it will be a lot different.
1: What's uh, what? Uh, what's your goal time for the 100 this year?
0: Honestly, I really don't know what to expect out of myself, so, yeah. you know, I always put my goals high. I like to, you know, make them something that kind of seems unreachable um so hopefully something 10 low something around there 10 2 10 one. okay and you know if i don't get it hopefully i can get close
1: do you have to trade different for for football and, and track like are there like you said last year you were sore because you were trying to to bulk up is it almost conflicting training regimen sometimes
0: uh kind of kind of um in ways it does, but at the same time, uh, they benefit each other. It's just like when I have a meet, I have to kind of hold off on the weight so my legs aren't as sore uh, when I go to race.
1: All right. Are you, are you doing relays at OSU? Do you know?
0: Uh, yeah, I'll probably be on a couple of relays, honestly, uh, maybe four by one or something like that. So how does it work for, for track? Do you have
1: a series of meets and then a conference meet, or do you go do you qualify for a national meet? How does that work?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, you can go to just meets to build up the conference, and then you obviously go to conference, and then you go to like the next meet after that, and then you go to nationals, and... Uh, obviously Nationals is the end or if you go to a world team, but yeah, Nationals is like the biggest platform.
1: And is, are you jumping right into track as soon as you get back next week?
0: Yeah, that, it should it should be uh, next week that I start, if not the week after. And
1: you'll be training outdoors, of course, won't you?
0: Uh, Yeah, most likely <laughs> outdoors, yeah. What, nice how, weather. How
1: cold is it now in Stillwater, Oklahoma?
0: I think the coldest it's been is probably like 15. And uh, I was showing people, it was like, minus 19 fahrenheit i put it. it was i put it in fahrenheit to show everyone uh back there and they were freaking out <laughs> they've never even seen anything in the negatives so yeah they were they were going crazy so you're wearing shorts all the time there. oh yeah
1: Chuba, congratulations on a great season with Oklahoma State. All the best with the upcoming track season and your schooling. I know we're going to keep in touch. Great to finally see you in person because we've done this over the phone a few times. Thanks for taking time to come in.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: That is Chuba Hubbard from the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Glad to have him on Inside Sports. We also talked to Kelly Rudy. We'll transition to the face-off show after the news. Oilers and Sharks coming up at 8.30.